not be a good sports grid listener test yourself if you've ever said you've got 20 that says mo's gonna take one in the eye from curly you're probably our kind of listener this is sports grid radio on sirius xm rage sports rage with gabe morency rage all you want Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Renzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. The Monday night, the meltdown has begun as the Buffalo Bills meltdown is complete as the New England Patriots roll into Buffalo. 55 to 60 mile an hour wins, and the Patriots decide to run the football as we thought they would, and that's why we cashed the ticket. Over 57 and a half combined rushing attempts in tonight's game. But I did not expect the Patriots to throw three passes tonight. That's right. The New England Patriots threw three passes tonight. They only completed two of them. All right. The two completions are tied for the fewest in a single game in franchise history. Franchise history. What about league history? As the Patriots beat the Bills with three pass attempts, the fewest by any team um, since 1974. And, oh, yeah, it was the Bills. Because, of course, the Bills can find a way of losing a football game when the other team only throws for 19 yards. And if you recall on Game Time Decisions, I actually talked about a game in which the Bills allowed Derek Anderson to throw for like 23 yards and he lost the football game. The more things change, the more they stay the same. But the only thing that stays the same is Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. If you're bleak, you're bleak. You can't be bleak in the summer. If you're bleak, you're bleak. And it's bleak. It's bleak. As the Buffalo Bills had numerous opportunities to beat a New England Patriot football team. That is now back. And now they're not only back, but they're atop the AFC standings uh, right now. Massive win uh, for the New England Patriots. A brutal loss for the Buffalo Bills. And a loss that falls squarely on the shoulders of Brian Dable and Josh Allen. And Sean McDermott. Listen, it falls on the back of the quarterback. You're the highest paid player. It falls on the backs of the offensive coordinator who calls the plays. And it falls on the back of the head coach who has to to like, approve, and agree with everything that's going on. And I don't know if McDermott likes running the ball up the gut on first down and losing two yards uh, on every damn series. But I guess he does. Because you just can't, you know, you can't just, you know, call out Brian Dable. And, you know, you can't talk about, wow, it was windy conditions tonight as Josh Allen struggled in the wind. Whatever. It's Buffalo. Yeah, it's windy. Last time I checked, Jim Kelly was throwing touchdowns and going to the Super Bowl with freaking snowbags and wind. Nowadays, oh, it's cold. It's windy. It's an excuse. Everybody's got an excuse now. Oh, it's this and that. No. You know what? Once again, in a big game, you fell short. The Buffalo Bills are the L.A. Rams, man. All right? They're the L.A. Rams. They're okay. They can beat up on bad teams. As soon as somebody punches them back in the mouth, you know what? They've got problems. And time and time again, we've seen. Time and time again, we've seen. This year, the Buffalo Bills. I knew the Bills were going to march down the field. I tweeted. I said, whatever. They're going to march down the field, but are they going to be able to finish it off? They always march down the field. 
Remember the Monday Nighter when Josh Allen fell? The late night anger management class. This is Portrait. I am Gable Brentsy. The Prince, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. We've got a uh, great show this evening as far as our guests are concerned. Well, let's just start off by saying, listen, we've got Eli Gold stepping up and in. Play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Long-time play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, you know, when people talk college football playoffs, not many of them get to talk to the guy that uh, co-hosts the Nick Saban radio show, right? So Eli Gold will step up and in. And uh, we'll talk college football playoffs with Eli Gold. George Kurtz uh, will join us. We'll rip the Buffalo Bills and um, talk about tonight's game. Take a look at the upcoming games. Take, get you caught up to date with the standings. Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible. We'll talk NFL football, NFL Draft, and uh, what's going on right now in the mock draft world. Of course, those props are going to be up uh, on the board sooner rather than later. Well, if anybody played any Mac Jones props tonight, unless you played to the under, you know, you did not win. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of unknowns coming into this football game tonight due to the weather and due to the wind. And ultimately, the game did stay way under uh, the number. We thought it was going to be a smash mouth style game. You know, just being an AFC East division game and so much on the line, but never in a million freaking years that I think. And I actually said this earlier in the day today, but remember that game with Derek Anderson on the Cleveland Browns only threw for like 24 yards and the Bills lost in like a snowstorm? Well, here we are again, right? Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones, this. I hope that tonight's experience for everybody, all right? And I bet on Mac Jones to win the rookie of the year, but I bet I'd not at the start of the year. Uh, you know, I got him at like plus 130, whatever. Now he's like minus 200, whatever the hell it is. But doesn't mean I think the guy's great. Everybody, you know, Mac Jones, New England Patriots, Mac Jones, New England Patriots. You think if Mac Jones didn't land in a situation? Look, the New England Patriots just won a football game. You, I, or anybody else listening to this damn show right now. All right? People's dogs could have done what Mac Jones done tonight. Hand the ball off. Hey, Fido, hand the ball off. I mean, even a dog can hand you a Frisbee. Yeah, three freaking passes. I mean, hell, it was like playing Army tonight, except Army actually throw the ball sometimes. What are you going to do? It's like an MMA fighter that just takes you down. It's like, hey, let's fight for real. Well, it's whatever. If you can't stop me from taking you down, shut up and suck it. The late night anchor management class. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Oh, yeah! The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Uh, I've got the sound out, obviously, right now, but things are getting hostile in Buffalo right now. Um, the media and, like, the Bills players are getting into it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. And I am Gable Morency, Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks, the loudest station in the nation. What's up, San Diego, Los Angeles? We've got people tuning in from all over the world, Germany, Australia, Mexico, Canada, and uh, Mick Aussie land probably as well. Uh, Planet Mick. 
Uh, it's its own country uh, as its own. So, yeah, a lot, lot of stuff to get to. But, yeah, it looks like, listen, I've said it before, the Buffalo media is pretty nice to the Buffalo Bills, right? They're like the big deal in town and stuff, so they kiss their ass. But the Bills players don't like it when you don't kiss their ass. And, you know, is there any reason to be kissing the Buffalo Bills' ass right now? No. The Buffalo Bills are like a middle-aged man, all right? And, you know... Everybody has bad habits. Everybody, you know what? You do this too much. You do that too much. You do this. You know, you're a bad person because of that. And everybody tries to change. And ultimately, maybe you're able to change a little bit. But, you know, people are like, oh, have you seen Bill around? Hey, Bill's changed, man. Oh, he's really got it together. He's got a great job. He's got it all, you know, he's got a great, great girl. And things are going great for Bill. But ultimately, you know, Bill's always like one, you know, one bad weekend away from like a disaster. That's the Buffalo Bills. They are Bill, a middle-aged loser. The Bills are like in a middle-aged franchise that is just a loser. They've always been a loser. You know, it's just one of they try to. It's very hard to shake. It's basically that deal. It's true. Everybody knows. Like if you're a dude and you're never getting laid, it's like it's hard to shake off the loserdom. Right? Like, women can sense that. Like, any women, like, I'm telling you. Um, it's, just, it's like, uh, do we have a resident woman tuning in here right now, Sooner Lisa? See, you know, like, it's, it's true. Right? Like, if you're a loser and, you know, people can sense the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, this, you know, the failure around you. Right? And, like, the Buffalo Bills try to shake that. They try to shake that. Yet it's freaking hard. It is. Ask the Cleveland Browns. Ask the Chargers. Right? Ask the Rams. As I stated, like the Bills and the Rams are the same thing. You're flashy. You run your mouth a lot. You got a good, a bunch of good players, but really you never win a big fight. Let's just compare it to like sort of like, you know, the UFC here. You never win a big fight. Right? That's, you know, that's what it can come down to. And Josh Allen, bro, you're making $256 million or whatever the hell it is. And I don't care if it's freaking windy. It's Buffalo. It's going to be windy, kid. It's going to be windy. Between Brian Dable and Josh Allen, it's, it's like dumb and dumber. Like, I don't know what the hell Brian Dable's doing. Like, seriously. Are you like, are you like, what's going Can somebody check on this guy up there? Is like is he drinking? Are you is there you know, is there Irish coffee? What's what's in the coffee up there? And I don't know if you were drinking because if you were drinking, you'd be aggressive. What did we sign Stefan Diggs for? You throw the ball at Dawson Knox all the time. The game's on the line, and we're throwing it to Cole freaking Beasley. Cole Beasley with the game on the line. Yeah, all right, that's good. And he, uh, it, it wasn't even near him. You know, that was the fourth and 14. Don't forget on the play before the Josh Allen tripped on his old lineman, too. Like, how many times is there a big play that you see the Bills, like, running backwards and Allen's running backwards? Like, the play calling is pathetic. Like, it really is. It's just, it's, you know, I don't know. You know yeah, the Bills gave up 222 yards on the ground today. Good for you. Whatever. They held the Patriots to 14 freaking points, and the time of possession was not even, like, nothing. It was, like, 32-28. Yeah, it was like 32-28. Like, the, the, the Bills didn't get dominated with a type of possession. The yards were, like, deceptive. They popped, like, three or four big runs, and they got stuffed, like, 39 times. Right? But that's another big Bills thing that they do. Oh, they'll stop you on first and second down, and then on third down, they'll let you run for 60 yards. 
Like, it never changes. You can change the coach. You can change the quarterback. Like, what's ever different with this team? It's the same thing all the time. Bunch of nut jobs in the parking lot get wasted, slam each other through tables, and then get let down. Aren't you sick and tired of letting people down? Aren't you sick and tired of it? Wouldn't it be nice if you were a Bills player to say, you know what, let's not screw over the people of Buffalo again. These people's lives already suck enough as it is. Evidently, it is asking too much. Now, I don't think the Buffalo Bills players want to lose. So, is it the Bills players' fault they're losing? No. It's our fault that they're losing. It's your fault. It's all of our jackasses' fault that overhyped the Buffalo Bills. They're not as good as everybody thought they were. I told you this a couple of weeks ago, that they should never have been Super Bowl favorites, that Josh Allen's never not even coming close to playing MVP football. I didn't think they were this bad. You just lost to a team that threw the ball three freaking times, man. Like, at some point, it's like, guys, like, seriously. Like, you know, how many opportunities were you to get on offense here? And how many times are you going to run the same goddamn stupid play over that doesn't work all the time? Oh, let's do a little delay drop. How many times do you see the Buffalo Bills tonight? Like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Josh Allen's rolling around, throwing the ball around, a couple of big plays. They get, hey, let's give the ball to uh, Moss and run it up the gut for a yard. It hasn't worked all game, but why not do it now, right? Instead of, you know, let's how about the guy we just gave nearly $300 million to actually earn the money and try to win the damn game. This is on McDermott as well. Every damn week there's a new excuse. Every week there's a new, oh, this guy wasn't there. I told you Trey White not being here wouldn't matter tonight. It didn't matter. I could have played cornerback for the Buffalo Bills tonight. This is on the offense. You you held the Patriots to 14 points. They had to they had the football for 32 minutes. Yeah, I don't like seriously. The Bills had numerous opportunities in the red zone when they're unable to 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 convert. And it's Brian Dable. I don't understand it. The Bills' play calling was so good last year and aggressive. And they have the same personnel this year, yet, I don't know, they're they're reluctant, hesitant. It's not just tonight. It wasn't just the wind. It's the same crap all the time. It's the same crap all the time. They're not utilizing their talent. I don't understand. They throw the ball at Dawson Knox 22 times a game now. Like, Allen gets locked in. And when things, let's be real, when things break down, it, things don't work out. Allen, look what he, Allen does every damn time. He does the little pirouette, he spins around, he goes backwards, and then he's running for his life, and he's taking away an angle where he has to throw the ball down the sideline only. It's just there's so many fundamentally wrong things. I don't know why they challenged the play as well to try to stop a first down that they were never going to be able to challenge unless McDermott just wanted to stop the clock. But maybe it would have been nice if you didn't waste all your freaking timeouts so you would have been able to stop the clock later. And maybe it would have been nice if Tyler Bass didn't miss a 33-yard field goal. Oh, but it's windy. Oh, it's windy, but hey, you know what? You know what? Maybe your paycheck shouldn't be here in two weeks. How's that sound? What happened to my money? I'll tell you what, Tyler. It was windy, and the check, it blew away. I'm sorry it was windy. You too, Josh. It was windy.
Oh, it was windy. Yeah, it's windy for people to wake up and go to work and work outside every damn morning for 12 bucks an hour, too. I don't give a crap if it's windy. I hate to break it to you. It's windy in the wintertime. Oh, it's cold. That missed field goal was the game. That missed, you missed 33 yarder, bro. How do you miss a 33 yarder? A guy with one foot and half a foot kicked a 62 yarder before. This is Sportrag. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come with me and Wally to the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. My favorite team's in it. The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, ever since I was a boy, I've always loved the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they're good, but I wouldn't cut out the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I hear that President Clinton is going to be watching with his wife, Hillary. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rich. I am Gabriel Morenci. Eli Gold will join us, play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll talk college football playoffs. George Kurtz, Sports Grid Radio Networks, joins us in Level 2. We'll talk NFL football, NHL hockey, and more. Uh, we've got Rick Saratella. We'll talk NFL draft, NFL football. Let's get into some of the bowl games a little bit this evening uh, as well. I can only rage about the Buffalo Bills for so long, or as I'm going to start calling them, Goldilocks. Was that the, uh, that's the one, Goldilocks. So this porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. This porridge is too windy. So what's going to be the deal you're going to see next week? It's going to be too hot in Tampa for them. Oh, it's too hot. Struggles because of the heat. Josh Allen doesn't like playing in the heat. Doesn't like playing in the heat. <laughs> now they get Tom Brady. Good for you. Good for you. Just lost to Mac Jones, guy. You know, seriously. I, I have a problem with this. Like, you know, imagine that you... Imagine going to a football game, betting on the home team, and losing the game when you drank more beers than they threw passes. When you took more leaks during the game. Like, they threw it about three times. One of them was by accident. They didn't want it. We just sort of did. So, in other words, I think they had two design run plays. <laughs> called, you know, even Army-Navy, man. Even Army-Navy doesn't do this. What's amazing, though, is, like I said, they got stuff, like, over and over and over, but Belichick was militant about it and figured, you know what? It's almost like throwing a bomb on every play. Eventually, you know, we'll hit one or two, and they did. They got the early home run from Harris, and they got a couple of other big runs that ate up, like, got a first down here and there. But it was this, this loss is on the Buffalo Bills offense 100%, and like a lot of their losses this year. Like the Jacksonville Jaguar lost this year. You know what I mean? Like they held the Jags to nine points. Like what do you want the defense to do? Like seriously. Like how many total yards did the New England Patriots have tonight? Like honestly. They had 241 total yards and 14 points. If you can't like beat a team, then that's on your offense. And I'll tell you what. You, know, you notice a pattern here? Of all those quarterbacks from the same draft that we sort of anointed, right? Lamar Jackson, 
Josh Allen. Listen, I never thought Baker was good, but they're all starting to struggle suddenly here. And But it's kind of alarming, isn't it? They're like three years in. It's like, you, you know, like, really? Are you going to take this next step, or is this who you are? And I think there's got to be some courage concerns with Josh Allen. He doesn't make good decisions, like, on the, you know what I mean, on the spot. Everything needs to work. When it doesn't work, it's not like, oh, he's going to improvise and things are going to get better. He usually makes things worse, right? He usually makes things worse. The going backwards thing. They're just sort of throwing it up there thing. I don't understand, like, and you know, but it goes to the play calling, though. I mean, the Bills had the damn game late. There you go. They're moving inside the 10-yard line. Everything's cool. They're throwing the ball around. And what do they do? They hand the ball off to Moss. Whatever. Did he lose two yards? Next thing you know, it's a false start penalty. And oh, no, no, we're in second and four. You know, it's a lack of execution. And this comes down to coaching. And I don't understand it. That's the whole thing. I wish I could sit here and tell you, oh, this guy and that guy. And, you know, I don't know. Sean McDermott is a good coach. Sean McDermott is a pretty attention-to-detail guy. So why it is that the Buffalo Bills are so sloppy and, like, just little things. Like, they, the Patriots ran, like, a quick, like, little QB sneak. The Bills weren't ready for it. How were you not ready for it and knowing they were going to do this, right, like before? Like, there's just, you know, using the timeouts. I don't know what the challenge was about. I'm thinking he probably called a challenge just because he wanted to stop the clock. And he wanted his players to get a rest because they, were, they weren't stopping the run. There's just a, there's a lot of questions, but ultimately, it's Brian Dable, Brian Dable, Brian Dable. The play calling freaking sucks, man. And I don't understand it. Dable was with Alabama. He's with Saban. He's won championships. He had to, did a great job with the Bills. I'll tell you what, Dable, you should have taken any job you could have got last year because nobody's going to be offering you a head job this year. Be lucky to be the offensive coordinator at Kent State soon. Well, the New England Patriots are now in first place. They haven't, you know, they haven't won the division. The Bills play them again in a couple of weeks. Right? The Bills play them again in a couple of weeks, but the Bills also play the, uh, the, pay, the, the Buccaneers this week. So they go from Belichick into Brady. Now, the updated odds for the division right now, this is crazy stuff, man, how this stuff is just swung around. The New England Patriots are now minus 220. The Patriots are minus 220. The Bills are plus 165. And the Dolphins are 140 to 1. Um, wow. And we've told the story in which we actually cashed out the Bills not due to because we have to because I just noticed I was like man I'm only getting like $24 less or something like that I gotta tell you this is severely worked out for us I'm not gonna concede the division yet but if the Bills lose to the Bucks on Sunday it's all but done and then honestly if you're Buffalo you're not it's not about the division it's about are you gonna make the playoffs they, you know, that, that's what this comes down to. Are you going to make the playoffs? So the New England Patriots are now actually minus 220. We should note as well, if you played the Buffalo Bills season win total, 11 and a half, it's not hitting. It's not hitting. They've got five games left. They're seven and five, and they need to go five and oh. The Bills, uh, come on, five and oh. Are they playing anyone good over the next five weeks? Yeah, so in other words, they're not going five and oh. Uh, the Bills play the Falcons, I guess, and the Jets. 
they'll beat them. Who else they play? They'll, they get the Patriots and Foxborough. They'll lose that game. I don't know. The Bills are a better road team. The Bills are a better road team. Maybe they shock the world this week. Every, listen, everyone's going to be down on them going into Tampa this week, but this is where it hurts them not having Trey White. Because I, t- I guarantee you, Tom Brady ain't only throwing, only throwing the football three times. Right? Like I said, I could have been a cornerback tonight. I could have replaced Trey White. It wouldn't have mattered. Really is amazing that Belichick just decided, you know what, just run the ball on every damn play. Matt Jones can't throw it down the field, and let's just hope for the best that they'll screw it up. And, you know, it's amazing. Because the Patriots, that game was so there for the taking. <laughs> like, if you were the Bills. It was like the Patriots just kept running the ball, and the Bills would stop it, and it was like, all right, you got it back again, Josh. And, you know, three and out. Or, see, the three and out, or they go down the field, and then wouldn't be able to finish it off. I'll tell you one thing, though. Don't make any conclusions about the big picture in the National Football League yet this year. Because this, this season is whacked. The only thing that's taking shape right now is the NFC look like they're the teams to beat, right? The Arizona Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, all far more legitimate contenders uh, than the New England Patriots. Guys, the New England Patriots right now are the third choice to win the Super Bowl. Did you just watch them play tonight? Do you really think, you think the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl? Like, you know, I get it. I like, you know, Matt Jones, he can manage things and stuff. But, guys, they're not like, yeah, this is Belichick's genius. He's, you know, he's getting them by. But if they play real teams, like, there's not a hope in hell the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you right now, there's not a hope in hell the Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl. It's laughable. The Buccaneers right now are 5-1. to one. The Kansas City Chiefs are plus 650. The New England Patriots are 7-1. The Cardinals are plus 750. The Packers are plus 750. The Buffalo Bills are 10-1. The Rams are 13. Cowboys, 13. Well, you know, we're almost getting into the time of year right now where you are who you are, and are you really ever going to buy into this team like in, in the big picture? And it pains me to say I'm a Buffalo Bill fan, but the Bills are not winning the Super Bowl this year. They can't beat anybody good. How the hell are you going to beat three good teams in a row if you can't beat one good team in a row? Let's just call it out for what it is. I'm not, you know, can you know, can they shock us and win a game or something like that? But, you know, really, can we take the Bills as legitimate Super Bowl contenders right now? And I just said before, don't, you know, we can't, you know, make a final conclusion to this stuff, but... We can sort of start to narrow it down a little bit, at least in my opinion. The Baltimore Ravens, no. They're just not deep enough. You know, listen, the the Ravens are going for two because they don't have any bodies left. And that amazed me today to see how many freaking shows talked about, like, the the call that they made, like it was a decision that it was like analytics. Like, do you guys pay attention? Harbaugh said after the damn game he didn't have any more defensive backs. He was out of bodies. So that's why he went for two. It wasn't analytics. But you can't buy into Baltimore's winning the Super Bowl. I don't buy into Dallas are winning the Super Bowl. The Rams are like the Bills. They're frauds. They're flashy frauds. The Green Bay Packers are damn good. All right? The Packers are freaking good. I think, you know, the Packers are good, but the Packers have been in the, in the NFC Conference Championship game, and they, they hit the wall all the time. 
can they, is this the year they get over the top, or is it Tampa again, or are you discounting Arizona? And I do think the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat. Yeah, the Chiefs, listen, these guys just keep winning football games. The defense is playing well. And unlike the Patriots who are winning games with their defense and stuff, the Chiefs have the upside that Mahomes could go off at any time, and he will. The Patriots just don't have the firepower on offense to go off. They had enough firepower to beat the Bills, but so did the Jags, unfortunately. Eli Gold, next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morancy breaking it down on Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks, the mightier 1090 in Southern California. Let's bring in one of the legends of the game and a man actually in this holiday season that we encourage you if you're looking for some reading. And I haven't had the opportunity to read from Peanuts to the Press Box uh, yet, but the story of uh, Eli Gold, the story of a boy from Brooklyn, New York, who's selling peanuts at Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, that little arena, the most, uh, the world's most famous arena, uh, to uh, working in the broadcast booth in Alabama for as long as he has. Eli, it's always a pleasure. Happy holidays. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Well, thank you. Happy holidays to you and your listeners, and it's great to be back with you. So uh, let me ask you, Eli, there's been so much talk about this Alabama football team uh, this year, and a lot of it was critical, and, well, this team isn't as good as past uh, years. They're vulnerable. And, you know, I've I've complained about this, about the modern sports fan. And I, I, I used the same example about a week before Coach did, talking about Oklahoma. And I said, man, I'm sick and tired of hearing about how bad Oklahoma is. They got an 18-game win streak, all right? Like, you know, I'm sorry they didn't cover your point spread. I'm sorry you didn't win your bet, but there's still a damn good football team and I sort of got the same feeling that Coach Saban felt the same way when talking about uh, talking about his team this year but I look at it Eli like a positive we see so many of these powerhouse teams they run roughshed through everybody all year they get to the playoffs or they get to a big game late in the season and they're not used to getting punched back in the face I like the fact that this Alabama team is battle tested well, they are battle-tested, there's no doubt. You know, this is a very young team. Let's face it, over the last five or six years in particular, the Crimson Tide has restocked the National Football League. You know, at draft time and through free agency signings and what have you, Alabama has re- – there are 70 guys in the NFL right now who have played – who are products of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Eventually, that's got to catch up with you. And this year – there have been wonderfully talented players, there have been young, wonderfully talented players. Uh, and it was a, a growing process. There's no question. It was a growing process throughout the course of the year. Then there were injuries. I mean, early in the season, you couldn't have crammed another person into the running back's room. You know, then last week, we had going into the Georgia game, we had one healthy scholarship running back. Uh, Things have changed, uh, you know, but now the team is getting better and back to their level of performance. But yeah, you're right, the coach sounded off a couple of weeks ago on our talk show 
And I, I was very, very proud to hear him do that. I thought it needed to be said because this is a very good team. It's just different than the teams we've had in the last few years. Not to mention a new offensive coordinator as well. So that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. You know, we could talk about Coach Saban, and he's going to get his accolades. I think he's done a great job with the in-game coaching and managing, as you stated, the young players. But talk to me about the staff as a whole and the job that they've done with such a young roster. Well, they've done a great job. But, of course, the thing you got to remember, it's still the Nick Saban offense. It's still the Nick Saban defense. Yes, Bill O'Brien is making a few adjustments and what have you, but it's still adjustments to the Nick Saban offense. He is not... He was not, Bill O'Brien was not brought in to reinvent the wheel. The same way we've seen other offensive coordinators over the years come in and were not there to reinvent the wheel. They were there to, you know, run the Nick Saban offense with their flair to it. So uh, it's, it's a very, very good group of coaches. They have meshed very well together. Of course, Pete Golding has remained as the defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, the fans are, uh, you know, sometimes never pleased with the defense. But, you know, they, they're, they're not pleased, but the team's number one in America. So how bad can we be doing? <laughs> and that's what it's all said and done. They are still uh, the team to beat right now. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the quarterback uh, in Bryce Young. Um, I guess he's going to win the Heisman uh, right now. Would you, is he, if in your opinion, is he the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Bryce uh, Young? He is, in my opinion. I don't have a vote, but having seen every snap of every play that he's made, uh, to me, there's no question. Uh, there is no question. Now, certainly, there are other quarterbacks and other players who have played well. There are guys on the other side of the ball who have done exceedingly well. Where would Alabama be without Will Anderson, who's only a sophomore? But, yes, I believe that, uh, uh, you know, Bryce, if there was ever a question, I think he eliminated those questions this past Saturday night in Atlanta. Yeah, I think one thing about Bryce as well, and as you talked about, with so much young talent and so many injuries on the offensive side of the football, like how many times has he had the same players to work with on a weekly basis, Eli? Like it seems like it's been pretty patchwork on a weekly basis, right? And he's been the offensive line has changed, the running backs have changed, there have been injuries to wide receiver, and now another one with John Mechie going down in the game on Saturday. So yeah, it's been um, it's been a lot. of adjustments and Bryce has just uh, you know shrugged it off and kept on playing with whomever the next man up is so the next man up is now Jamison Williams right now the now now he's the guy right so talk to me about Jamison a little bit and how he stepped up big on Saturday well you know not just Saturday I mean all season long he's been the guy he came in through the transfer portal from Ohio State and has become the guy right out of the box he has unbridled speed I mean the guy is like a blur running out there he has wonderful hands and, uh, you know, he and, and Bryce just uh, have hooked up very, very well together. It's been uh, wonderful to see it all season long. How much does, you know, Alabama, we're in conversation with play-by-play uh, man of the Alabama Crimson Tide, Eli Gold, the great Eli Gold. 
How much does Coach Saban, and you know him better than anybody, does it bother him or motivate him? Does he tell the kids, like, let me, I'll get, I'll get right to the point. Like, did he tell the kids, hey, Georgia are six and a half point favorites in this game. You know, they don't think we can win. Does, you know, does he notice this stuff? Does it bother him? And does he use that with the kids at all? I would expect so. I mean, the players knew that they were underdogs. I don't know if they knew it was six and a half points. I don't know how much they pay attention to that, but they certainly knew that for the first time since 2015, they were going into a game as an underdog. And yes, that... Uh, and they won that game in 2015, I don't need to tell you, exactly, right? Against the Georgia exactly, Bulldogs. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, it's happened three times in the last... Uh, in the G, Excuse me, in the Nick Saban era that the Tide was underdogs uh, after they got themselves turned around from the start and every time they won big but yeah I'm sure they you know they, they were they were noticing that they maybe felt a little disrespected but they also realized that Georgia earned what they got I mean let's face it Georgia had, had a spectacular season and they had done so very very well so uh, but yes I'm sure you know there's nothing that doesn't you know, that Nick Saban doesn't notice, doesn't talk about, doesn't uh, stress to the kids. The man is truly the greatest of all time because of his successes and his mode of coaching and so on. The man is just unbelievable. And he's also a coach that doesn't take anybody or anything for granted, so he won't be taking the right. Cincinnati Bearcats for granted. And oh, isn't, no. it, isn't it amazing, Eli, how the narrative can change uh, with these, these sort of mainstream sports media or, like, fans in which, oh, Alabama's going to lose to Georgia, and now it's right into Cincinnati don't have a chance. And I tell you what, I wouldn't discount these kids. They're not like a Cinderella no. story. They're a physical football team. You know it. They got tough kids from Ohio and in the Midwest, uh, Eli. They, you know, these kids Kids will play with house money. They're going to come to play. Exactly. They have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Uh, and, and, you know, yes, I think Alabama certainly is the better team uh, based on what I've seen the Tide do. You know, it's difficult to compare schedules. Because clearly the SEC schedule has gotten Alabama to what? The number four, number six strength of schedule in America. And Cincinnati is a, is a goodly bit down behind that. But that doesn't mean that if they were playing an Alabama-type schedule, that they wouldn't have risen uh, to the top. Uh, you just don't know. Uh, you cannot. And Nick Saban does not take any team for granted. None, zero, period. That's not even up for discussion. So, Eli, let me ask you, I am a uh, lifelong Michigan Wolverine fan, and I'm very excited about what Coach Harbaugh has done. They're great kids, just it's a great atmosphere uh, that they have uh, this year. So I ask you, how do you think? And for the record, I was surprised. The odds makers uh, made Georgia you know, a touchdown plus favorite, and the betting market has bedded up a little bit. I think Michigan match up well. How do you think Georgia bounce back? So what's your take on this Michigan and Georgia matchup? Man, it's a flashy, well, sexy matchup for New Year's Eve, though, isn't it? It is. There's no question about that. Two great names. I don't know enough. I mean, obviously, I know what Michigan has done. I know they're very, yeah, very yeah. good. I've not seen a lot of their games start to finish, okay? Uh, so You're I doing games at the same time for the most exactly, part. Exactly, exactly. So I can't really uh, comment on individual players. My question is going to be, how does Georgia bounce back from getting punched in the face this past Saturday? Uh, will they 
you know, say, oh, well, the season's done, we blew it, we're out of here, or are they going to take it like Alabama did after the loss to Texas A&M and use it as a wake-up call and, and get their act together? I mean, let's face it, Kirby's an outstanding coach. They've got magnificent talent. Despite what Alabama did on Saturday, the defense is still one of the absolute very best in America. Uh, I don't know who's going to win, obviously. I, I have no idea, but uh, it is going to be a, a magnificent game to watch, and I'm very glad that Bama's playing at 3.30 in the afternoon Eastern, 2.30 Central, so we can uh, sit and, and watch that game over uh, an adult beverage or two once we're done working because it's going to be uh, a very, very interesting game to watch. Yeah, well, we know how we're spending our New Year's Eve, I'll tell you that. Uh, Eli, we got about a a minute and a half left uh, here. I personally do not see the need for some massive playoff expansion. You know, everything always seems to work itself out uh, in the end. What's your take on, on the playoff format as it is right now? Do you like it, or would you like to see it expanded? Well, as a guy who follows Alabama football, I like it just fine. <laughs> Only one time has Alabama failed to make the playoffs. As a person who is listening from you know other conferences and other teams that haven't had the opportunity to make the playoffs, I'm sure they would like to have it expanded. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. So it really comes from your perspective. My perspective is four teams is just fine. But, you know, if Alabama hadn't made it every year but one, I might have given you a different answer. Last question. How do you think Brian Kelly adapts to the SEC? I think he'll do just fine. The guy's a great coach. Uh, I, I think he's a great coach, and uh, he's a good recruiter. Uh, he has ties to uh, you know part of the South and through Texas and what have you. I, I think he'll be just fine. I think it was an outstanding hire for the LSU Tigers. Eli Gold, it's always a pleasure, sir, to have you on the show. And I really do want to read your book. I want to read the book about MSG all the way through. I mean, we've done the show across from MSG. I've always been fascinated by the arena and uh, your story as well. Happy holidays to you and yours. And uh, we'll catch up with you down the road, Eli. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. My pleasure. Great to be on with you. And again, all of you and your listeners, have a happy holiday. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thanks to Eli for uh, joining us. Can't wait. Countdown is on. And really, we sort of go through a little bit of college football withdrawals. We've got uh, Navy and Army this uh, weekend. Always a great classic. Uh, the total is pretty low, though. I'll tell you that. They've adjusted the number. When military academies go head-to-head, we know the game goes under the number, but they really adjusted. Um, can't wait, though, for, for the Final Four and all the other bowl games as well. And, you know, I wanted to go over all the bowl games last night, actually, just sort of get you caught up to date. When do they start? And uh, they do start on Friday, December the 17th. So not this Friday, but the following Friday in the Bahamas Bowl with uh, Middle Tennessee State and Toledo. 
And uh, we also have the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl on Friday, December the 17th. So bowl season starts at noon Eastern Friday, December the 17th, and there's no turning back, baby. Uh, the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. You know, I like to look at the names and see if, you know, what what do we got? What, uh, what catches our eye here? One thing I do notice, we've got the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. So Jimmy Kimmel's got a bowl game now. Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Utah State and the Beavers. The Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Uh, Barstool Sports has a bowl game now. Barstool Sports Bowl. It's the uh, the Barstool Sports Bowl. I think it's in Arizona. Which uh, which game was it? It's the um, Arizona Bowl. Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Central Michigan versus Boise State. That's on New Year's Eve day. I've got to say, though, to me, my personal favorite, this one's pretty good, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. They're great. Tony the Tiger. Listen, I've always been a big fan of the Sun Bowl. And I don't know if we're going to be on the air for the Michigan game this year. We probably will be. But if I'm not, actually, (laughs) it might be the time to pull the trigger. Basically, like when I used to party in the old days, this is when I would start my New Year's Eve celebration. Basically, at like 2 o'clock Eastern, watching the Sun Bowl. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, the Sun Bowl started. Let's let's rock. Love the Sun Bowl. Miami Hurricanes in uh, Washington State. The Canes hired Mario Cristobal. One word, why? I don't know, I guess. Maybe he can win there. He didn't win anywhere else. Bring it.